You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 200 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co host, the editor in chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, congratulations on 200 episodes of this podcast. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, quite a milestone, 200 episodes. Um, and we know that this, this uh, our, our roots in, in podcasting uh, on Rocket Sports Radio go back to 2011 um, under the, the other name that we had, the other Saturday afternoon podcast was uh, Habs 360. We did 250 episodes of that, another 200 of the Canadians Connection. And uh, so we've been doing this a while. And and um, I thank you, uh, Michael, um, uh, for being part of this podcast for the last year. I, I thank the Rocket Sports team. Uh, I thank uh, our, our uh, good friends with the Hockey Podcast Network, which we're associated proudly. And uh, most importantly, we thank all of you, the listeners who have uh, made this uh, the most trusted pos- podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. And, th- and that's that's what we pride ourselves in, not being first, not being loudest, not being the most outrageous, but the being, being the podcast that uh, you can find the most trusted information. And we thank you all for subscribing, uh, for sharing it with your friends and, and uh, allowing us to reach this amazing milestone. I'm happy and uh, very excited to have been a part of this for the last year. And uh, well, here I am sitting here thinking, wow, it's already July 16th, 2022. But uh, in the meanwhile, you're sitting there realizing that you've done 200 episodes of this podcast. (laughs) So it's amazing how time flies and uh, just congratulations to the whole Rocket Sports family. Absolutely. But uh, Pretty busy episode uh, coming up today. It Mm -hmm. was quite newsy last week uh, with free agency and development camp. Uh, Here on the episode, first off, we'll uh, get you uh, some interesting headlines. We'll update you on all the roster news, plus our prospect report and some news from around the league. 
In segment two, it's the Hughes plan. Uh, We'll update you on everything that's been done so far and all the things that still need to be accomplished by Kent Hughes this summer. And segment three, it's a have your say segment. Uh, Our uh, Canadians connection question of the week is, should Montreal acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois? We want to hear from you. And uh, what's the best way for our listeners to uh, interact with us, Rick? Text us. Text us at the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Text us anytime, 24 hours a day, and we're glad to uh, respond to your texts, and uh, some of those get read on the air. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit the website, CanadiansConnection.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search All Habs, and uh, you can give us a like. Join our group and uh, get involved in the conversation. So our interesting headline of the week, well, uh, Jeff Petrie welcomes a brand new baby boy, Blake Matthew Petrie, born Monday night. Uh, now he has four boys in his house, and uh, wow, it's got to be utter insanity. Blake Matthew was uh, named after his two uncles and um, arrived, as you said, Monday night, 9 p.m., um, 8 pounds, 12 ounces, we're told, and uh uh, the Petrie family, very excited. Uh, and now they have, as you said, four boys. There's Boyd. P- perhaps Boyd is the, the most uh, f- familiar to Canadians fans. Uh, Boyd, Barrett, Bowen, and now Blake. All the Bs. <laughs> All the Bs for, so. Julie, for Julie and Jeff, the two Js. Okay, I see what they're doing. So make sure you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Headline posts appearing regularly at allhabs.net. Now, we did have some roster news. There were some signings that went down the past week. Uh, first and foremost, the Canadians signed defenseman Corey Schooneman to a one-year two-way contract extension. He uh, got a little taste of the NHL this past season, but uh, for the most part, he spent the season in the AHL. Decent depth signing uh, certainly looks the part. And and during his call-up, he, he didn't look uh, out of place, uh, playing safe. Um, he's a good skater. He's smart. Um, he's, he's got some experience. He's, he's not a young prospect. Um, and, and yes, with that, that two way contract, uh, can be called up, uh, should there be a need sometime during the season. And, uh, Canadians, uh, fan favorite, Michael Pazetta will be signed to a one year, one way contract expense extension uh the pez dispenser was called up this past season to the nhl and uh he filled in a role on that fourth line a little bit surprised to see that it's a one way but uh, you know what uh, good for michael pozzetta good for michael pozzetta as you said a fan favorite and um i was i was very amused by um it was a fan post and they had attached some uh analytic charts um, which showed that, yeah, Michael Pozzetta doesn't do a lot <laughs> to contribute. Uh, but he said, forget the, you know, forget the stats, forget the analytics. He's got good flow. And that seems to be, uh, and, and his physicality, his, um, you know, his ability to stand up for, for his teammates, um, author of many times a bad penalty, um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's well-liked, uh, and, uh, as you said, I, w- I would have rather seen this, uh, like to see this as a, as a two-way, uh, contract, but, um, uh, it is what it is and, and good for Michael. 
And just to clarify, when you say good flow, are we talking about hairstyle or uh-huh. are we talking about yeah. display? Yeah, no, okay. no, yeah, that's it. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, submitted qualifying offers to uh, five players. Um, that includes recently acquired Kirby Dock, uh, recently acquired from Chicago. Uh, that's also Nate Schnarr, who was acquired from uh, New Jersey this past season in exchange for Andrew Hammond. Uh, Joel Teedsdale as well. And goaltenders Samuel Montembeau and Caden Primo. Nate Schnarr was a nice pickup and um, and really was good for Laval in the playoffs. He's gritty. Um, he, he plays center, uh, can play up and down the lineup. Uh, that was a nice pickup for, for Hammond. Um, Kirby Dock, of course, they're going to qualify him. Montembeau, um, let's not let's let's agree that he's not an NHL goaltender, uh, but the Canadians, um, with not knowing what's going to happen with um, Carey Price, and the preference is to keep uh, Caden Primo in Laval for a full season. Uh, that's just some insurance there. Joel Teasdale maybe is the one player who's a bit of a surprise on this list. Um, ha- things haven't worked out. First, there was injury problems, and and since he's come back, um, there there have been conditioning issues, work ethic issues. Um, his he's he's uh, slow foot speed. He 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 looks um, like he's struggling at the AHL level. So let's hope he has a, a productive off season and uh, gets back on track uh, in this coming fall. Samuel Montembo, I, I kind of like this signing. Um, it makes sense. He, he just bought a house in Montreal not too long ago. We announced that on the podcast a few weeks back. Uh, it helps keep Caden Primo in the AHL, or even if Sam Montembo does end up in the AHL, uh, that's, that's a nice mentor, kind mm-hmm. of fill in what uh, Poulin did for them last season. So I like that quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there were three restricted free agents that were not offered uh, qualifying offers, and uh, that includes Josh Brook, Kale Clegg, and Rem Pitlick. Uh, Clegg and Pitlick were pil- uh, picked up off of waivers this past season. Uh, Clegg's the only one that has uh, signed a contract so far, and he'll be joining Buffalo. I feel bad about Josh Brook, um, a prospect with a lot of promise and injuries and and. Uh, then he just kept falling down the, the depth chart and, uh, you know, the, the writing was on the wall when he got shipped to the ECHL this, this past year and, and wasn't part of the Black Aces for Laval in the playoffs. Um, he just, uh, he went back to Manitoba and, and um, uh, that's, that's really unfortunate. Uh, Rem Pitlick, a, a fan favorite um, uh, and, and maybe a favorite uh, of Marty St. Louis, but um, with arbitration rights, with his RFA status, um, and and with those uh, judgments sometimes skewing heavily on the offensive side, we know that that Rem Pitlick was um, by by the analytics uh, folks was labeled the worst defensive forward in the National Hockey League last year. Um, and, and, and he plays a very immature game. Um, it's all offense. He doesn't, um, he, he looks very out of place when, when he doesn't have the puck, when the, his play, when his team doesn't have the puck. Um, so this, this could have gone bad for the Montreal Canadians in an arbitration ruling. Um, the Canadians have way too many forwards as it is, but if they wanted to, 
they could always sign him uh, to a more team-friendly contract as an unrestricted free agent if he's still left unemployed. Um, to, you know, to, to, to satisfy fans, to satisfy Marty St. Louis. Um, but as it stands right now, I, uh, it's probably best that uh, he continue his career elsewhere. The Canadians have also signed forwards Alex Belzeal, Joel Teasdale, and H. Nar to one-year two-way contracts for the 2022-23 season. All three will probably join Laval. I'm not a big fan of bringing back 30-year-old Alex Belzeal. Uh, he is a bit of a dirty player, in my opinion, but uh, although he is liked by a lot of fans... Um, the Teasdale one and the Schnarr one, I probably understand a little bit more given that they're still relatively young. Yeah, uh, I've talked about Teasdale and Schnarr. Uh, Belzeal, I agree with you 100%, uh, led the team in penalties, bad penalties often by Alex Belzeal. Uh, not a very good, as a, as a veteran, he should be a good role model. He's not that. He's not good in the, in the, the room um, a fan favorite, absolutely. Um, this this is an unfortunate one, uh, but we remember that uh, the premier uh, noted uh, the the number of of signings uh, uh, Quebecers uh, last fall, and Belzile's name was part of that. And Jeff Molson just loved uh, the fact that um, that uh, the premier noted uh, Belzile. So uh, maybe there's something to that. Maybe this was a a Jeff Molson um, uh, preference. There are a few other uh, one-year two-way contracts signed. Uh, that goes to uh, defenseman Madison Bowie, who you might recognize his name from the World Juniors a number of years ago. Uh, that also includes forwards Anthony Richard and uh, Mitchell Stevens. Uh, I like the Bowie move for depth. Um, perhaps at this point, Laval and Montreal in general has too many uh, of those depth type players, but uh, that was the type of guy that could keep uh, maybe a Caden Gooley down in the AHL where he can continue to develop. No need to rush a guy like that. He's 27 years old and uh, quite a resume, you know, um, uh, a, a championship in the, the, the WHL, the gold medal at, at uh, the world juniors, a Stanley cup uh, to his name as part of the capitals. Um, he's, he's a good veteran, um, uh, always liked this player. Um, he's, uh, from Winnipeg. He, he, uh, played with Kelowna. Um, I got more familiar with him, uh, in the AHL when he was with the Hershey Bears, uh, a, a leader. Um, and, um, I, I think this is a, a, a really positive signing for, um, a particularly with someone like Xavier, uh, Willette going elsewhere, the captain of Lavelle, I think, uh, um, Madison Bowie is a, is a nice ad. And, uh, I, I should probably, uh, bring up the fact that, uh, well, you'll probably be a big fan of the Mitchell Stevens signing <laughs> as well. And of course, uh, a guy named Anthony Richard playing for a team called the rocket. Yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe uh, this all does make sense uh, for sure. Uh, Anthony Richard, uh, Laval fans will be very familiar with him from the playoffs. He was with Syracuse, um, and, uh, a Trois-Rivières guy. Um, so makes sense for, for the Canadians, Mitchell Stevens. Yeah. Uh, namesake there. And, and, uh, uh, an, another, uh, solid, uh, 25 year old, uh, veteran and, and has gone through that Syracuse, uh, excellent, um, uh, program, excellent coaching. 
um, and then I sat there. But uh, the big news this week uh, probably is that uh, Uri Slavkovsky has signed his three-year entry-level contract. Uh, of course, he was drafted first overall by the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, we'll see if he has a chance to make the team this year. We will, and and uh, th- this wasn't a surprise, uh, of course, um, and, and it came out on free agent uh, signing day. Given that the Canadians weren't going to be doing a whole lot, uh, this was this was publicized then. Um, and, uh, you know, these, these entry-level contracts are pretty standard as far as pay and, and whatnot, but, uh, Slavkovsky gets all of the, got all the, all the A bonuses, all the B bonuses. Um, he, he should, if he stays in, in the NHL, uh, this season, he should do quite well for himself. And the 26th overall pick from this year and uh, Slavkovsky's childhood friend, uh, Philippe Michard, also signed his three-year entry-level contract. Um, his, his rights in the CHL are currently held by Kitchener. Uh, I get the feeling he might be heading back to Europe, though. Probably won't be joining the Montreal Can- Canadiens organization quite yet. Now, a little early for him to be joining the Canadians. Um, he would like to stay in North America. The Canadians would like him to stay in North America. Um, he said he would like to learn the North American game and, and what better place than in Kitchener, great program in the OHL, uh, a great development league. Um, we saw that, uh, in Hamilton with Jan Meshack, um, and, uh, Mishar would be, um, it, it would be a perfect fit if that can all be worked out with the Kitchener Rangers. So now's a good time to look at our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket have signed forward Ryan Francis to a one-year, one-way AHL contract. Uh, last year, he was with the Sea Dogs of St. John's, and uh, he had a little taste of the AHL with the Stockton Heat. Uh, that's uh, another uh, player that will be uh, joining Laval. Memorial Cup champion, uh, St. John Sea Dogs. He was part of that uh, amazing run in the Memorial Cup. Uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker, um, but he has that... Um, uh, Q experience uh, playing with the Sea Dogs. Prior to that, um, he was with Cape Breton. So I, I think this is uh, th- th- a nice signing. Uh, again, where where are all these players going to go in Laval? We don't know, but uh, we have one here from the Q. And just when you think that roster is already bursting at the seams, uh, there was yet another forward signing in uh, Brennan Soulnier, uh, a one-year, one-way AHL contract. Uh, he split last year between the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the ECHL Reading Royals. That's right. Um, and uh, from Halifax, 28 years old, uh, a veteran, um, has came from uh, the NCAA program. Um, we'll see where this goes. They liked him in, in uh, Lehigh Valley last year. Uh, we'll see if, if, um, how he fits into J.F. Wool's plans. The Canadians' annual development camp was held July 10th to 13th at the Bell Sports Complex in Brassard. Uh, there were lots of videos put out on uh, Montreal uh, social media, primarily focusing on uh, Slavkovsky and his friend uh, Philippe Michard. 
Uh, development camp is always a great opportunity for fans to see uh, all the different prospects in the organization. But uh, what I will ask uh, you, Rick, is uh, was there any standout moments? And uh, do you have a three stars of development camp this year? Well, it was... Um it was interesting because it was uh, packed almost every day uh, during uh, development camp, and uh, that's not always been the case. And and I noticed um, uh, it was uh, one of the Gazette reporters saying, "Gee, I I don't I, I don't remember it being this packed." Well, I don't remember the uh, media gallery <laughs> being as packed as it was, perhaps. That particular Gazette reporter hadn't been to development camp in a while, um, but yes, the galleries were full, um, which um, which is is always exciting uh, to to for the the prospects to to see, um, and it was it was a little bit different in that uh, you know we're all used to seeing the players line up um, and there's a lot of cones on the ice and they do their drills and. And, uh, and then the day typically ends in a scrimmage. That wasn't the case uh, this time. It was far, there was far more activity. There, there was a lot of uh, small group activity. There was much less standing around on the ice for the prospects. They were in motion. Um, and there was only one scrimmage. Um, and, you know, that, that turned out to, it was, it was uh, available on RDS. Um, and this year with Slavkovsky, well, with the Mashar too, and and uh, and the picks, it was it was a very popular kind of uh, event. Slavkovsky got a goal, and that was you know that was um, exciting for the fans. Um, I have to say that um, you know his his uh, claim to fame right now is is his size and how he uses his size, and certainly that was evident. Um, his skating is going to be, his play away from the puck is going to be a work in progress. Definitely. His skating, um, was, was, was rough. Um, he's going to have to make big strides, no pun intended, uh, with respect to his, his skating. He, he looked a little uh, on the slow side. Um, so, you know, first round pick, yes. Uh, flaws, yes. Um, there's still things for him to be working on. Um, as far as, as three stars, um, I would say third star has to be Lane Hudson. Um, Lane Hudson is such a fascinating prospect. Uh, the Canadians, you know, the number of scouts that said this guy could be a first round pick if, if he was, six feet tall, you know, uh, <laughs> if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon. That's the kind of thing, right? Um, although we remember Lane Hudson was the same guy that, um, that came to the combine and he had a, a report in hand that he was passing around to all the teams from uh, an endocrinologist. endocrinologist. Why is that so hard to say? Uh, anyways, talking about his bone growth, saying that his his bone age was somewhat delayed relative to his biological age, meaning that um, he may not be five foot eight and a bit um, all his life, 
Um, remember the initial reports, uh, he's put on some weight, but the initial reports were kind of five, eight, one fifty. Um, he's put on some weight since then. And the Canadians have him up to near five, nine, but, um, that, that, uh, he, he made it, made the case that he, he had room to grow yet, um, at the combine. Um, but we saw, I saw at, at, uh, development camp, um, how smart he is, what, you know, even for his size, what a high compete level he has. He's fearless, absolutely fearless. Just, um, uh, you know, Slavkovsky is, is very good protecting the puck, a possession player using his size. Lane Hudson swooped in, stole the puck from him, turned the turn and transitioned the other way. Um, and he's a pretty special player. Um, his, his skating is really good. He's great on his edges. He's got great acceleration. He's, he's just very creative and elusive. And, um, I, I, I'm very impressed, except it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to size, uh, whether he can compete it, you know, um, it's, it's, it's going to be challenging for him, uh, over the next, over the next few years. Um, but for me, third star all day long uh, of the development camp. Um, first star, um, Emil Heinemann. Um, a guy we've, we forgot about. Um, and uh, wow, his, his compete level is off the charts. Absolutely off. I know we talk about compete level, but his is, was like no one else's at, at the development camp. Um, he's... You know, his his listed size is not overbearing, but he's just very stable on his skates, very strong on his skates, a really good platform to work from, and and he just he just stood out. Um, he's physical. He's not afraid to go to those dirty areas. Um, got a good shot. He he's smart in all three zones on the ice. He puts pressure when he on on uh, players when he doesn't have the puck. I I really thought that he was, I thought he was was, as far as players, best player on the ice. Um, but my number one star is going to go to Adam Nicholas. Um, and when when Ken Hughes made the appointment, a lot of fans were confused. A lot of media were confused about what what does this guy do. Um, and Adam Nicholas was in charge of, uh, this development camp, Adam Nicholas, director of hockey development, different than a Rob Ramage or Frankie Boulian in player development. He is, is there to develop the games, uh, develop the, the prospects. Sure. But also all players on the roster and the kinds of, of, I mentioned it before, the kinds of drills he had going, um, was, was was rather unique and um it was Vinny LeCavier that said um and he was they said you know Kent Hughes says you might you might want to want to be part of of this uh, development camp and Vinny said you know who's this Adam Nicholas guy what can he teach me that you know I haven't already seen a thousand times and Vinny came away from camp saying wow that was that was pretty special I learned some things um, and he was excited to be a part of the, the development camp. So uh, first star for me, not a player, uh, but a guy who 
looks like he's going to have a really big impact uh, on development. And we know that's been that's been an issue with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, first star goes to Adam Nicholas. And then two to Emil Heinemann and three, of course, Lane Hudson. So interesting top three. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, there was also a little bit of bad news that came out of development camp. Uh, defenseman Jaden Struble suffered a lower body injury on Monday and missed the remainder of camp. Uh, Struble was with Northeastern University last year and was looking for an opportunity to display what he could do. Yeah, he's um, a physical defenseman, a punishing defenseman, and um, and it's unfortunate we didn't get to, to have the full camp with him. And uh, another tough break for uh, Gianni Fairbrother. He, lo- he also suffered a lower body injury on Monday. Uh, he missed a little bit of time with Laval last season due to an injury, so uh, just not a good break for that young prospect. One after another. Poor guy. And, and again, a, a physical defenseman. Um, we didn't see Struble. We didn't see Frerbrother, another physical defenseman. We didn't see Gooley, who's uh, rehabbing an injury. We didn't see Arbor Jackai, another very physical defenseman. Um, uh, Logan Mayu was on the ice, but not part of, of the main group, um, ha- still rehabbing a shoulder injury. So uh, on the defensive side, there was certainly some injuries uh, and, and several prospects missing. The Canadians' rookies will be a part of the 2022 Prospect Challenge in Buffalo. Uh, last year, uh, this Prospect Challenge included uh, New Jersey, Buffalo, and uh, Boston competing in uh, two games each, where it was just prospects, 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 prospects. Uh, last year, the Canadians were involved in a small tournament uh, with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they just played two back-to-back games, and uh, it's nice to see that uh, they'll be able to join something that's uh, maybe a little bit more of a bigger event. Rookie camp is a big deal, um, and and yes, the the Canadians, you know, a few years back they had a, a really good uh, tournament with um, with Toronto, with Pittsburgh in in London, Ontario at the Budweiser Arena. We were there; it was it was terrific. Um, but since then, it's kind of um, you know been kind of a three team with with those three teams changing. Uh, a three-team tournament. Uh, there was one in in Belleville with Ottawa and Winnipeg, um, and and a bit of a smaller um, uh, kind of affair. And and um, for these for these kind of uh, rookie tournaments, um, scouts, pro scouts, um, um, are are at- attend them. Um, and they're well attended by the scouts. And the biggest one, or or the most consistent one. Uh, there's an NHL prospect tournament in Traverse City, Michigan, and all most of the pro scouts go to that, or each team sends a rep. And, and this year, for the 2022 edition, there's going to be the Red Wings, the Leafs, the Blue Jackets, the Blues, and the Stars. Um, and with Toronto going there, uh, that that's, uh, makes it tough for, for Montreal. So th- it seems like, reports are, this isn't... Um, locked down and official just yet. The Canadians haven't announced it. But what we're hearing is uh, the tournament will run between the 14th and the 20th of September. It'll be for all rookies, 20 and under. And there'll be six teams um, at the the Harbor Center, really nice complex in Buffalo, um, that'll include Sabres, Canadians, Senators, Devils, Bruins, and Penguins. Um, so that'll be that'll be a nice opportunity for the Canadians 
um, uh, rookies, and then they'll have an opportunity uh, for a select number of them to go to the main training camp after that. So if you like prospects, be sure to read all the content at ahl.report and listen to slash subscribe to the Press Zone. Last week's podcast featured an edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Rick, Amy, and Patrick Williams were all involved in that. So we have our hockey news from around the league, and uh, these are primarily ones that have Canadians connections. That's something we love to do on the Canadians Connection podcast. So first and foremost, uh, St. Louis, Scott Mellenby has joined the Blues as a senior advisor to the GM. Mellenby left Montreal's organization shortly after Bergevin was let go. Uh, Bergevin's right-hand guy uh, was Scott Mellenby, and um, he has some playing connections with the Blues. He, he was uh, in line for some of the GM. I, he, I, I, I completely think that he's going to be a general manager in this league at some point for now, uh, senior advisor to the GM, as I said, with, uh, with the Blues, and, and uh, uh, they warmly welcomed uh, Scott there. Trevor Timmons has joined the Columbus Blue Jackets to help with amateur scouting and development. I think this is a great pickup for the Jackets. Uh, Timmons is a really, really good hockey mind. Excellent hockey mind. Uh, much maligned in, in Montreal, unfairly so. Uh, you know, m- 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 many of the reasons uh, some the prospect, his choices didn't work out uh, were because of development issues. Um, and, and a lot of times... His, um, his choices were overridden either by Mark Bergevin or, in some cases, Jeff Molson. Uh, and lots of times, uh, you know, uh, uh, picks had already been traded away um, by um, Bergevin. So um, Timmons has a long uh, association with Jarmo Kekalaikin in, in uh, Columbus, and uh, he, he attended the, the – he was there for a development camp and, and – uh, uh, as you said, excellent hockey mind. I've sat with him many times and and always learned something when when I did. Um, this is this is a great pickup for Columbus. Everyone's favorite former Montreal Canadian, Arturi Lekkonen, signed a five-year, twenty-two point five million dollar contract with the Colorado Avalanche. And wow, just the uh, Lekkonen and Colorado seem to be a match made in heaven. Uh, you have to be very happy for them. Everybody's on the Lekkonen bandwagon. When he was in Montreal, it was the media that were all over him that he he, he couldn't score. Um, you know, a lot of fans saying that um, that he was a fourth line player or or should be a healthy scratch. Uh, we saw what he can do uh, with. Uh, he's always been a clutch player. We saw what he did in the playoffs with uh, the Avalanche. Uh, he was a key piece. Uh, we're happy for him that he won the Stanley Cup and happy for him that he cashed in on this five-year deal. And uh, one of the most likable former Montreal goaltenders, Charlie Lindgren, has signed a three-year, $3.3 million contract with the Washington Capitals. Last year and uh, many seasons prior, he spent uh, the majority of his career in the AHL. He's had a little taste of the NHL, and uh, it looks like he'll be in a tandem with Darcy Kemper in Washington. What an opportunity for Charlie. Always... Uh, again, maybe a little underappreciated, but uh, one of our favorite people. And uh, it, what a tremendous season he had uh, last year with Springfield. And then in his call-up, going 5-0, and he was lights out with the Blues, uh, setting records. Um, 
uh, one of the best people in hockey, Charlie Lindgren. Very happy for him. And oh, what could have been? Mikhail <laughs> Sergachev signs an eight-year, $68 million contract extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who could forget the Sergachev for Druin trade? That has to go down as just one of the most lopsided trades that Montreal has ever made. And just what a shame. Yeah, one of the worst, well, uh, certainly one of the worst trades Mark Bergevin made and one of the worst in Canadians history. And, and uh, congratulations to, to Sergachev. But uh, we'll flip things, or think some things around and uh, reference a, a very good trade for Montreal that kind of worked out. Uh, Max Pacioretty was traded from the Vegas Golden Knights to the Carolina Hurricanes along with Dylan Colin and, sorry, Colgan, Colgan, my bad, that's a bit of a difficult name for whatever reason. Uh, he was traded there in exchange for future considerations uh, just a salary dump on part of Vegas. Uh, Vegas traded a first, a second, and a third in exchange for Tatar. And then they flipped out Tatar and Suzuki in exchange for match, Max Pacioretty with Montreal. And then they go and basically trade him for essentially nothing. Yeah, and, and I, I see some fans uh, criticizing uh, Max Pacioretty. Oh, look, they got rid of Max Pacioretty. And um, don't don't... Don't fall into that trap. Uh, one of the things, one of the worst things that um, of the Mark Bergevin era was that on the way out the door, every player got trashed, uh, including Max Pacioretty, and it, it wasn't right. It wasn't fair. Uh, that trade, uh, the Suzuki trade, worked out for Montreal. The Pacioretty trade was great for Vegas. Pacioretty, in the three years that he was with Vegas, was a point-of-game player. You can't say that about Suzuki. Uh, so I think it, it worked out for both teams, uh, but this is just, uh, you know, the, nothing negative against Pacioretty here. He's going to help the power play in Carolina. They're excited to get him. Uh, this is just horrible cap management on behalf of, of Vegas that they'd have to give up a player of this quality uh, to, to balance the books. Just absolutely awful cap management. Um uh, they've been aggressive. They want to always compete, but uh, kind of are doing things the wrong way. Um, and and uh, good luck to Max Pacioretty in, in Carolina. Yeah, I like Max, Max uh, Pacioretty. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity for a cup in Carolina. I don't know that he will. He, well, I don't know that he would have any more with Vegas. So nice to see him uh, get an opportunity to compete for a Stanley Cup at the very least. And, well, Scott Bowman is looking for work. Scotty Bowman announced on Tuesday he no longer works for the Blackhawks organization as of July the 1st, uh, saying that he decided to move on after 14 years with the Blackhawks as a senior senior hockey operations advisor. (laughs) This was tremendous. Scotty Bowman, Scotty Bowman, uh, the legendary Scotty Bowman, 88 years old Scotty Bowman, announcing on Twitter... Uh, that he's looking for a job, that he was no longer with, uh, with Chicago and, and that he is looking for other opportunities. Um, uh, you know, in his interview, he, he, he uh, declared, like everybody else, I'm a free agent. Um, I think this was tremendous. Um, and, and yes, he had, had been kind of shuffled to the side uh, with respect to Chicago, a lot of change going on uh, there, of course, um, I don't, uh, the way he was answering questions, he has a lot of respect for both Kent Hughes and, and, 
um, Jeff Gordon, uh, and says they're doing a good job. Um, I don't think that he would uh, necessarily fit coming back here, that he wants to come back here. Of course, he's in Florida. Um, he's in Sarasota, and, and uh, he went to almost every Tampa Bay game um, last year and, uh, and, and watched other teams and, and, and gave some advice to, to, to Chicago. Um, he's, he still wants to be involved and, um, listen, if he has one good piece of advice during the season, uh, that's worth the signing, whatever it is, uh, for a team. And, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to see him continue, uh, in the game. Yeah, hopefully he gets presented an opportunity, and uh, I'm sure within, uh, within the next few weeks we'll find out. But uh, I believe that's all for segment one. Uh, coming up is our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can find him on Twitter at AllHabs. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. And we have quite the segment here, and we're going to talk about all the things that Kent Hughes has done so far and what he still needs to do before the end of this offseason. The Hughes Project, we're calling it. So after a successful NHL draft, the Canadians GM, Kent Hughes, had to switch gears and focus on some other things while Habs fans looked on with envy at other teams signing big names to blockbuster deals Kent Hughes had to steer clear of highly prized free agents and focus more on some more pressing issues with this club so I'll start things off just to give some examples of some blockbuster signings that went down this past week with free agency Uh, first and foremost Claude Giroux three years to Ottawa uh, $6.5 million per. 
uh, Habs connection with this you're, one. You're not unhappy Oops. about that, are you? No, no, no. Uh, there's a reason why I wanted to bring that one up first. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll uh, throw in a Canadian's connection with this next one. Uh, ben Chirot, four years, $4.75 million in Detroit. So he's getting paid. And, of course, probably the biggest one so far is uh, Johnny Goudreau going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven years, $9.75 million per. And uh, if anything, I'd say it's probably a good thing that Montreal stayed away from pretty much all of these contracts. None of those would have made sense. For sure. Um, yeah, Johnny Gaudreau was, was Johnny Hockey was, uh, that was, that was a shock. That was a bombshell um, blockbuster contract. Uh, turned down even more money in Calgary. Uh, apparently left $16 million on the table over the course of the contract. But um, watching his press uh, conference in Columbus, he seems very happy to be there. Um, he, he talked about family and wanting to uh, find a place that was uh, uh, closer to, to family. Of course, he from New Jersey. Um, his his wife, who's who's pregnant, expecting a baby in the fall, uh, but she's a nurse and and uh, uh, pediatric childcare uh, in in uh, Columbus uh, nationwide is is uh, the, it's the name of their arena, but it's also uh, one of the biggest hospitals there. So perhaps this these, this is a situation where both are going to be working and happy in uh, Columbus. So I'm sure in uh, pretty much every offseason previous, uh, a lot of Habs fans would hear uh, that the Montreal Canadiens are at least pursuing said player, said star player. But this was uh, this was a pretty quiet one for Montreal. And I, I think that uh, when you're in a rebuild, you can't just go out and spend a ton of money on free agent signings, especially uh, when you consider what uh, Montreal's uh, cap situation is at the moment. Well, that's that's first and foremost a priority over the summer for Kent Hughes is to clean up the mess that uh, he was left and and um, the the issue for you know Mark Bergevin, I, I I'll never forget uh, when Mark Bergevin was hired again didn't have any experience as a general manager um, and. Um, uh, uh, Stan Bowman, um, Scotty's son in Chicago, was was asked, uh, "What's he good at? What's he not good at?" And uh, he talked about player evaluation as being one of Bergevin's strength, and and um, said uh, with with a smile, said, uh, "Well, math isn't his thing. He doesn't know. He doesn't understand the cap, and uh, that's something he's going to have to learn." I don't think he did learn that very well. Um, you know, for years he underspent the cap. Uh, and then um, it it wasn't uh, it wasn't the problem then spending to the cap in later years it was um, those the the big con- the bad contracts that accumulated and then for uh, years now will will uh, well un- unless Kent Hughes cleans them up are going to be difficult uh, for the Canadians to manage. And they had no room to uh, sign free agents. Uh, But as you said, um, it's probably a blessing in disguise because uh, not the kind of thing they need to do, uh, even if they had the money uh, in a rebuilding situation. So we'll go through uh, some of the things that Kent Hughes has accomplished so far, and then when we get to the things he hasn't accomplished yet, uh, we'll uh, include a little bit more of a discussion. But first and foremost, uh, qualifying the RFAs. Like we mentioned in segment one, uh, those players were Kirby Doc, Nate Schnarr, 
Joel Teasdale, Samuel Montembeau, and Caden Primo. Uh, no surprises there. I think most of those make sense. You mentioned that Teasdale might have been a curious one, but uh, that one, uh, I think that's a big check. So uh, the qualifying offers are done. The next step, of course, is to sign uh, the, the folks that have qualifying offers to uh, contracts. And uh, after that, uh, well, sign your first round draft picks. Uh, we did see that happen with uh, both uh, Slavkovsky and Michar being signed to three-year entry-level deals. So now what happens? Um, um, uh, Philip Michar, that uh, we talked about him likely going to, uh, well, uh, there's a chance of him uh, staying in the OHL or, or going to the OHL, and and uh, and uh, that would be a positive for him. As far as Slavkowski, um, this is what uh, Hughes had to say about his path going forward. I mean, Slavkowski, we're going to take that, you know, week by week, month by month. I think he, he the, the plan is for him to return at some point in early August and, and you know, train here, skate here, work with the development group here and, and get to know the players on the team and just get kind of acclimatized with life in Montreal and North America. So um, that's that's a short summer. That's that's a short few weeks off returning um, at the end of, of August. But then he's got a lot to learn if if uh, the destination is the Montreal Canadiens and and the his progress over those few weeks with uh, with rookie camp and then the training camp will determine whether he stays with the team uh, or perhaps goes to Laval. So I'm sure we're all very excited to see what he looks like uh, in the preseason and uh, also the, that rookie tournament that's going to be coming up. Uh, definitely keep an eye on that and uh, we'll see whether or not uh, he does make that uh, NHL lineup. I know in previous years, Montreal has... Uh, maybe forced guys into that lineup a tad too early. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. So, so next step, sign two way contracts, uh, check and uh, well, possibly too many checks on, in that <laughs> regard. Uh, I'll uh, just review through most of them uh, that we have. Alex Belzeal, Joel Teasdale, Nate Schnarr, uh, Anthony Richard, Madison Bowie, Mitchell Stevens, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, Lot, lots of depth, uh, kind of curious uh, that a rebuilding team would have so many, uh, I guess, AHL, ECHL veterans, uh, guys that you probably aren't going to have in the NHL. Uh, a little bit weird. Hopefully there's still room for the prospects. Yeah, and let's not forget about the, the one-way contracts, the one-way AHL contracts, the Danik Martels and the Brandon Geniacs, and uh, those guys are going to displace uh, prospects as well. So, um, there's going to have to be some discussion uh, with uh, J.F. Fool and and uh, an insistence by um, by the by Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon saying uh, we want to see our prospects uh, developed and developed properly. And the next step uh, that just happened this past week: observe development camp. So a nice check mark bef- beside that one. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, you were impressed by. Uh, Lane Hudson, Emil Heineman, and uh, of course, Adam Nicholas. Yeah, I think that uh, a very successful development camp, uh, given the coverage they got, given uh, the fan support they got, and, and given the way it was uh, designed, I, I think uh, Ken, Ken Hughes can be very proud of this check mark because Adam Nicholas did a superb job. And well, the one that comes after that tests the waters regarding Logan Mayu. 
Uh, we all know the situation uh, with Logan. Uh, he, he is currently in Montreal. I, I believe he was uh, at uh, the Cortex headquarters uh, doing some rehabbing for an injury. And uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Rick? This is this has been uh, carefully, carefully managed uh, by a, a number of of departments of the Montreal Canadiens, um, and and testing the waters. This is this is putting him into a situation um, where he was uh, part, but not part of of the development camp. Getting fans used to it, getting the media used to it. Uh, that he is part of this organization. I, you know, if there was any question about whether he was, whether Logan Mayu would be signed to a contract, if there's any doubt, that was eliminated. I think when uh, Alexander Romanov which was traded. Um, will it happen soon? Will it happen later? I think, I think that uh, this is something that that the Canadians are taking baby steps on, um, and I think we're quite successful. Um, Logan Mayu came across, uh, he was, there were some very aggressive questions uh, by the media. There were some very uh, unprofessional and mean questions by the media. I was very disappointed uh, by, by, the, uh, by the conduct of the media. I was very impressed uh, by Logan Mayu and uh, patiently answered each question politely uh, and um, and standing by him was was Rob Ramage, um, the Canadians' uh, director of development and and uh, of player development. I, I thought that um, the way they did this um, was very successful, uh, in that there 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 are no questions left to to be answered now, and and uh, hopefully now the focus can be on his hockey and his hockey development. That's what I do as a development coach. Uh, He's a prospect. Uh, he was a young man, that seventeen-year-old that made a mistake, and uh, as you mentioned, hey, I've I've had my my uh, issues also. So, um, you know, it's just constant contact. And I do that with with all our guys. But you know, Logan's in London. That's where I'm from originally. So it was easy to to go visit him and uh, to watch his journey and his development through this. And his, uh, as he said, the sincerity which he's done all the program has been remarkable. You know, even yesterday with Sheldon Kennedy coming, speaking to us and the respect and consent, um, it was like Logan had already done the program. He led uh, in, in answering with the group, and the group was incredible. Our young guys really engaged. They took this seriously. And as Logan said, it's the respect and consent program is something that shouldn't just be at a development camp. It should you know, start in minor hockey. It should be in junior hockey. And I know the NHL is going to address it also. Boy, Rob Ramage is good. Um, and the perfect guy to be the intermediary between the team. Uh, he checks in on the prospects, um, each one of them, and they're, they're scattered all over. Uh, he makes personal visits. Um, and as I said, uh, talks to, to each one of them regularly. He said he's, he speaks with Logan Mayu uh, once a week. And uh, and checks in and, and see you know sees how things are going with him, um, and uh, you know he was very complimentary. There's a few clips uh, here from from Rob Ramage talking about the uh, respect and consent um, uh, session that the prospects had run by Sheldon Kennedy, um, and that. Um, you know, at one point, Rob Ramage said, uh, Logan Mayu has been through this uh, um, so many times and has, 
has uh, has done all of his his homework and his meeting with a therapist that uh, he could have taught this uh, to his other um, to the other prospects. He instead, uh, assumed very much a, a leadership role with the prospects, and uh, and has become a, a very stand up guy. And uh, Rob Ramage alluded to to his own. Um, issue and and uh, very unfortunate and you can we won't get into it here but uh, the DUI and and uh, a death involved and and he's been given uh, a second chance and um, so he's the perfect person to be able to um, be a resource person and, and an ear and and perhaps provide some guidance to Logan Mew. I think I think the whole thing um, came from a as Logan said. Um, he wants to turn a, 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 a negative into a, a positive. And uh, I think there's no other way that you can see um, the way he's uh, taken on this journey and, uh, and, and what's resulted as, as positive. And, and uh, now um, we can get, we can focus on hockey. As, as uh, Rob Ramage said, this will always uh, go with him. It will always be a footnote. Uh, it, and uh, Logan said it's something that he thinks about every single day, uh, but now uh, it's time to focus on developing the hockey prospect. So nice to hear that uh, he's been doing a lot of the right things and putting in the work. Uh, of course, we'll be monitoring this throughout the summer to see if he does have a contract and uh, if he's going to be joining the team in the preseason. So the next thing uh, that uh, Kent Hughes on it, has on his list is uh, bolster the analytics department. So right now, uh, we have Christopher Boucher as uh, the director of analytics. Uh, Philippe uh, Desonier, who is the head of hockey analytics technology. And Miranda McMillan, who is hockey data analyst. Uh, Do you think that they need to bolster uh, this and continue to add more to the analytics department? And uh, what, what are your thoughts here on the analytics department in general? Well, we, when you look around the league, there's um, you, you see soup to nuts. You see all kinds of configurations, and some departments are are quite large. Um, I think for the Montreal Canadiens, um, that going from basically nothing, uh, adding Christopher Boucher, who who has an ex- a lot of experience, Sport Logic, um, and then adding uh, these two uh, analysts. Is, is a good start. And, and I think that um, uh, Kent Hughes is open to um, you know, filling out this department as they go, as the, the need arises. Um, and, and the Canadians have always been one of the best at collecting information at the, you know, the sensors and, and collecting data from each player. And, and now they need to figure out um, about how to uh, capture the, and, and set benchmarks and then use this information going forward. Um, I, I, I think that, that um, for now, uh, remember, um, Ken Hughes, is, he talked about n- not working in silos. It was going to be how each position integrates with other parts of, uh, of the organization, of, of um, hockey ops. And, and uh, I, th- I think they'll let this work for a bit. And if they need to a- add other resources, uh, particular specialities, uh, that they'll go ahead and do that. Analytics has become a pretty big deal uh, in the hockey world. I think it's starting to affect a lot of different sports nowadays. So it, it, it is pretty important that uh, each team have their own analytics department. 
what they decide is important uh, within analytics. I guess that's up to the teams. But uh, for me, uh, analytics and uh, the eye test are very equally important. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that Montreal has been able to add to that. Absolutely. So next on this list, uh, add an assistant coach. Uh, I'm not sure who the available options would be, but uh, right now under Martin St. Louis, uh, there's Alex Burroughs and Trevor Litowski. So these are two assistant coaches that have been with the Montreal Canadiens organization for a little while now. Um, MSL has expressed an interest in bringing in someone with a little bit more experience. I don't know if they have any options internally or if there's somebody externally they can look at. I'm not sure that a JF Wool is somebody that would work in that kind of position. Uh, I'll gather your thoughts on this one, Rick. Yeah. Uh, in addition, the, the staff includes Eric Raymond, the, the goalie coach, and and uh, Mario LeBlanc, the longtime uh, video coach. Um, but they need they need another person on the bench. Um, and th- this has to be a priority. We, we saw uh, the flurry. We, we talked about it. And one of the reasons we talked about it is we knew there was vacancies. Coaching carousel around the league. The head coaching positions were filled one by one. Then uh, the assistants have been scooped up after that. So um, I, think, I think the Canadians, I know they've been busy. I know there's been... Uh, under this this uh, this Hughes project list, there's there's lots of things going on, but they need to get this uh, uh, solved. And uh, Kent Hughes said, uh, "Well, yes, we need to get it done before the start of of the season." Well, I, I think they need to get it done sooner than that because uh, uh, if they want an experienced person, uh, those people are being um, are, are accepting jobs elsewhere. The other um, um, set of vacancies. Uh, Ken Hughes talked about needing uh, two more pro scouts, and and those hirings uh, should happen soon. And and he uh, dismissed any notion that um, right now that he needs an assistant GM. Um, they're they're still working out hockey op structure and and how they all work together. So he doesn't want to add another uh, layer to that mix. So no check mark here. And uh, in terms of uh, finding another assistant coach, uh, that would be uh, the replacement for uh, Luke Richardson, of course, who uh, left to go to Chicago. Uh, hopefully they're able to find somebody. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, that market is uh, definitely trying up quite a bit. A lot of the firings and hirings have already gone down. So uh, I'm hopeful that they can find somebody that's uh, willing to go in and uh, spend, spend a little bit of time with uh, MSL throughout the summer uh, working on uh, what they want to do. And as we said, um, that that we wanted to see a lot of work, uh, a lot of time put in by Marty St. Louis and his staff to really understand uh, what he needs to do as a head coach in the National Hockey League. And, and, and the longer he's able to do that with uh, an experienced assistant coach, uh, the better. Uh, another bullet point here that uh, it's kind of ongoing. Uh, we'll essentially find this out whenever we find this out. It's uh, monitor the health of Carey Price and Paul Byron. Uh, Carey Price at the end of this month will be meeting with a doctor to evaluate his health. Uh, Paul Byron, as we mentioned in the first segment, uh, he's uh, rehabbing and he's likely not going to be able to join the team at the beginning of the season. Uh, both of these guys have huge contracts. So if before you do really any big moves, you have to figure out what you're, how much money you're going to have against the cap and how much money you're going to have on LTIR. Uh, we'll see what happens there. 
Paul Byron first. Um, yes, uh, a, 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 he's a he's a good news story, and he's a guy who loves to be in Montreal. But he's getting paid far too much money for how he contributes to the team. I think that's that's quite fair. Um, we know he had surgery on his left hip. When he came back, he had problems with his right hip, um, suffering pain there. Um, there was a, a procedure done. Uh, it's not healing as quickly as uh, they had hoped. And um, uh, Paul Byron sounds uh, a little bit frustrated right now. Um, he, he said, uh, and this was at a golf tournament a couple of weeks ago, uh, his quote is, when I spoke to you at the end of the season, I spoke to the doctors and everyone thought it would take two three or four weeks. It's July and I haven't started training. So it's a bit frustrating for sure. The wound is not healing as it should. Um, just a little detail there. That quote, uh, that that media appearance uh, was Paul Byron at the Dom Ducharme uh, annual golf tournament, the Ducharme Classic. Um, just a side note that Paul Byron was the only Montreal Canadiens player to p- participate in that tournament. If you had any any doubt and how Canadians players viewed uh, the reign of Dom Ducharme? Um, they didn't. They didn't attend this golf tournament. Um, Paul Byron did, but more importantly, it about Byron. Um, you know, there, there's there's lots of time left, uh, but it doesn't look like he's going to be uh, ready for um, the drop of puck on opening night. And in terms of Carey Price? In terms of Carey, well, let's let's hear from, from Hughes uh, first, and then we can talk about uh, Carey Price. Why you got to give it time for, for the injection to have its intended effect. Uh, and then, you know, he, he returns. He'll have a, a progression, I guess, of, of rehab and, and return to activity. And along the way, we're always in the same position with him in terms of watching how his knee responds and is there – is there a particular point or exercise as he ramps up that, you know, that triggers the inflammation again and, and makes it uh, difficult for him to, to be a full-time goal? So that's been the problem uh, since his surgery is that, um, and, and Hughes went on to say later, um, when he makes goalkeeper movements, uh, that the inf- that's when they see the inflammation, and that's what happened when he came back uh, at the end of the year and played through that. Uh, they hoped that the injection uh, that he received uh, a few months ago would um, uh, would would uh, solve that. Um, and now uh, he he's resting, and his his knee is reacting pretty well. He tests it, he works out, and and it's fine. We saw him in uh, we. Um, Talked about him being part of the baseball tournament uh, in Kelowna uh, with Josh Georges. Um, he was fine, um, but is he going to come back? And and when he starts doing specific movements, either in training or on the ice uh, that that relate to goaltending, uh, goal is that inflammation going to come back? They don't know. Um, but I think that um, you know one of the things that that Ken Hughes said was does it matter if he's back in August, September, uh, October, and November? No. Uh, What matters is finding a permanent solution. What matters is getting a definitive answer about if Carey Price is going to be able to be a a National Hockey League goaltender and, and be able to do that without having his knee cause him problems. 
You certainly hope the best for Carey Price, and you hope that we would be able to see him in that from the Montreal Canadiens next season. But uh, certainly generous of the organization to allow him the time he needs to figure out whether or not he'll be able to come back and be a full-time goaltender. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens when it happens. Basically, uh, news comes out uh, whenever it decides it's going to come out. And there's really no way we can know anything. Uh as soon as we figure out what's going on with Carey Price and Paul Byron, I think a lot more pillars can go ahead and fall. Uh, with the cap situation being what it is, uh, you, you you really need to know if you're going to have these players healthy for the season. And really, the Canadians have no other choice. Um, Carey Price can be a difference, uh, can be the difference um, when he's healthy. Um, and Carey Price, um, you know, has has is has got a no move clause. He's uh, he's indicated he doesn't want to go anyplace else. He it's important to him. It's important to his identity to be a Montreal Canadian. Um, and so uh, the the plan B might be uh, LTIR again. Uh, but let's hope that's not necessary. Let's hope that Carey Price is is in the lineup, not only for his play on the ice, but we know that last year there was a, a leadership void, and we know that Carey Price can be um, a huge leader uh, of this team, and uh, the Canadians obviously need him. Yeah, I got the feeling Carey Price is going to come back around at a later point in uh, this segment. Uh, but for now, uh, we'll uh, take a look at, uh, well, trade Jeff Petrie. I think that there was an opportunity for Jeff Petrie to be traded at the NHL draft. That didn't quite happen. And now we're sitting here uh, almost a week after uh, the free agency uh, has opened up and Jeff Petrie is still on the Montreal Canadiens. What in the world is going on with that? Because I thought Jeff Petrie was supposed to be traded as soon as possible. Um, Kent Hughes is, is playing a game, and we saw this with Arturi Lekkonen. Um, he said no a thousand times um, to Joe Sackick before finally, at the very last minute, uh, before the trade deadline, trading him to, to Colorado. Um, Kent Hughes is, is uh, let it be known that he has criteria uh, around the, the Jeff Petrie trade. Um, his criteria, as he outlined in the press conference, is that he will not add a sweetener. Uh, we've seen uh, with other teams that uh, they've had to add a pick. They've had to add um, you know, something to, to let teams take on the, the, the contract. And um, he's not willing to add a, a, a high draft pick or a prospect uh, to do that. He doesn't want to, his second uh, point is he doesn't want to take back a, a, a burdensome contract. Um, you know, one of his, his main reasons uh, for trading uh, Jeff Petrie is creating a cap of flexibility. So he doesn't want to bind himself with a, taking back a, another bad contract. And he said they wouldn't be in the position of, of wanting to, from a hockey perspective, they don't want to trade uh, Jeff Petrie. But from his family situation, which is made more difficult uh, by the cross-border issue, by um, different uh, vax policies and that sort of thing, it, it's, um, this is something that, that Jeff Petrie has asked for and that uh, Ken Hughes said that they will accommodate uh, as long as it makes sense for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so cap flexibility has to be part of that. 
Um, he has said that there's no way uh, that he's going to retain dollars on uh, Petrie's contract. We saw that with uh, San Jose. Uh, Greer, one of his first moves, and, and uh, kept um, 33%, I believe, uh, of the Burns contract going to, to Carolina. Um, and uh, lastly, he wants an asset back, whether it's a prospect or some asset young player who can help the team or, or maybe a draft pick. Um, so those have really limited, uh, the trade destinations for Jeff Petrie, uh, Dallas stars, uh, they're talked about often, but, uh, it sounds like Jim Nill wants, uh, Ken Hughes to retain some of the salary, which he says he, he, he won't, uh, Detroit Red Wings have been talked about. Uh, do they have a need now with uh, adding um, uh, Ben Sherratt? Um, but it would make sense certainly for uh, the Petrie family from Michigan. Um, Nashville Predators might be another uh, trade destination. Um, but again, uh, there's you know there's not a long list of 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 teams who are looking for a Jeff Petrie type defenseman and contract situation. Well, one of the things that has been rumored is uh, whether or not uh, John Klingberg being taken off the market might open up a little bit more of a market for uh, Jeff Petrie. Uh, perhaps those who are currently interested in bringing in John Klingberg out of free agency uh, might turn to Jeff Petrie once that gets done. Uh, some of the teams that are currently interested in uh, John Klingberg are Ottawa, Detroit, Seattle, and uh, Carolina. Uh, both are uh, puck-moving right-shot defensemen. Uh, Do you think that this could have an impact on uh, the market for Jeff Petrie? Yeah, I think so, Uh, certainly. Um, I don't don't know what the the holdup is. Uh, Klingberg, one of the... The, the top guys on that free agent list, Kadri is the other one who's, who's still outstanding. Uh, will it start a domino effect of, of uh, the runners-up, um, uh, the, 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 the teams who don't get uh, Klingbird, uh, then coming back, circling back to Petrie? You know, that's, that's, that's very possible. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a very difficult game. It's a very risky game uh, that Hughes is playing, and um, yes, we 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 heard that uh, at the draft there was uh, some activity, there was some interest. We heard, you know, we were expecting uh, perhaps um, as free agency opened that 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 would be the time for for Jeff Petrie, and you wonder, um, you know, is if you're you're sitting in. Ken Hughes' chair uh, is perfect the enemy of the good, um, the, the old Voltaire kind of uh, quote. Um, is he, is he, has he set up the criteria to get the perfect trade for the Montreal Canadiens and then he's going to be left without a dance partner? That's entirely possible. Um, but let, let's, let's hear um, Hughes in his own words on the Jeff Petrie situation. We can accomplish a trade. We had trades available to us yesterday. I guess, Eric, at the end of the day, it's about finding that trade that makes sense for the Montreal Canadiens. And if we're able to find it, we'll do it. If not, you know, Jeff is going to have to return to Montreal and, and, and play here. We love him as a player. I think he loves everything about Montreal other than the, the complications from a family perspective. So 
we'll continue to try. This isn't something that has to happen today, tomorrow. It could happen in a week. It could happen in a month. So um, the way he phrased that, uh, if we can't, uh, we can't make a trade that's in the best interests of the Canadians, Jeff will have to return and play here. He'll have to return and play. That doesn't sound very inviting. And we know um, that... Jeff Petrie last season, um, you know, there was, there was some improvement uh, and, and he was obviously in a different frame of mind. Once Ducharme was out of the picture, uh, they didn't get along and once Marty took over. Uh, but, but it was, uh, you know, it was not only uh, the situation of Petrie uh, with Ducharme, it was also his family situation weighing heavily on his mind, uh, being without his family, um, and, and he didn't play well. He, he didn't, he didn't have a good attitude. He, he didn't look very good at all. So I can't imagine if Jeff Petrie has to return to the Montreal Canadiens because they couldn't, uh, uh, facilitate a trade, how, what he's going to look like in the fall, how he's going to play. And I know there's folks out there saying, well, you know, let him put in a, a, a good few months and then you can, uh, trade him at the trade deadline. I guess, but um, if he has two seasons of subpar play, I think it might be tougher to get what the Canadians want at the trade deadline than it is right now. Yeah, a tough situation all around. I do worry that uh, Montreal will end up going into uh, the preseason with Jeff Petrie still on the roster. If it were up to me, I would have to think that one of the trades that were offered, I would have considered them a little bit more. But uh, you know what? We'll see what Kent Hughes can do. He has shown in the past that uh, he can. He does do a lot of posturing when it comes to trading. Uh, as a first-time GM, I just hope he does not miss out on any opportunities and later have to go and take a lesser offer. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And and I think that um, you know. It, the, he was an unknown commodity um, at the trade deadline. So uh, all the posturing that he did, um, you know, uh, worked, absolutely worked uh, with, and, and the trades he made at the trade deadline were, were very good for the Montreal Canadiens. But now, now his tactics are known. And um, if he says no, 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 a uh, hundred times, uh, maybe GMs are just apt to believe him and <laughs> and move on and 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 uh, leave him holding the bag. I don't know, but th- the issue is that um, the cap situation is not something uh, that the Canadians really want to put off, and and they had they have assets, movable assets. Um, and, uh, nothing happened at the trade deadline, nothing, or, um, uh, at, at the uh, draft and nothing happened at, at free agency. Um, so, you know, it's, it's getting time now. One of the, uh, one of the quotes from that, uh, presser, that media availability, um, quotes, uh, from Kent Hughes, free agency has come and gone. Uh, so at some point, uh, GMs are going to put up the go fishing sign and, uh, you know, gone fishing and, and, uh, um, Kent Hughes may be, may be left without a dance partner here. I hope that, I hope that doesn't happen, uh, but could very well. So there are a number of other names that I, I think could be traded this off season or uh, some of them you at least hope they would be. 
and uh, Kent Hughes is going to have to field some calls about Anderson, Dvorak, and even possibly a Jake Allen. Anderson is somebody I, I think should be moved this summer, uh, but I I get the feeling that maybe there are some teams being a little bit hesitant and not giving like the offers that Kent Hughes necessarily wants for him just because Anderson has a lot of inconsistencies in his game. And Dvorak is going to be a very hard sell. He did not have a very good season last year at all. Like even in the faceoff circle, it was just a disaster. As is, Montreal has far too many centers, especially down the middle. I have Dvorak, assuming a healthy lineup, I have Dvorak maybe being the third or the fourth line center on this team, which should absolutely not be the case. And of course, uh, with in terms of Jake Allen, that's that's going to be dependent on what happens with Carey Price. Uh, you look around the league, and I, I kind of alluded to this uh, before we started recording, but uh, there seems to be a little bit of a shortage on NHL goalies around the league. You look at Montreal, and you think Carey Price and Jake Allen, that has to be like one of the best tandems, if not the best tandem. If they can get a nice return for Jake Allen, I think that's absolutely something worth exploring. And uh, an example of uh, this would be if you look at uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they acquired Matt Murray and uh, and Samsonov as their goalies going into this season. These are two very injury-prone goaltenders. These are two goaltenders coming off of not very good years. And Toronto is a team that uh, I think Kyle Dubas is kind of desperate at this point. If Murray and Samsonov, either they both get injured or they're both not playing well, uh, I think they might have to look at Montreal and inquire upon a Jake Allen. And given that Dubas is a, a GM that's probably on his final legs here, if he doesn't make it past the first round, I would have to think that Montreal has a little bit of leverage there. So I'll, I'll gather your thoughts on uh, these three guys and the potential of uh, trading them. Well, there's a long list of, of you know... Should Hoffman be in this list? Should Duran be in this list? Should Brendan Gallagher be in this list? Sure. Uh, those are all players who are not living up to their contracts. And, and if, uh, if the, Hughes could uh, jettison these, absolutely it would help his cap situation. But those aren't the players that he's getting calls on. He's, he's, he's told us and other teams have told us. Um, the phone is, for the last two weeks, three weeks, phone has been ringing off the hook uh, for Josh Anderson. There's been dozen or more uh, teams interested in Josh Anderson, wanting Josh Anderson, wanting to add uh, him to their, their lineup. It was one of the things uh, that he talked about with respect to uh, compared Kirby Doc. One of the reasons they went after him because he said there must be, there must be a lack of these kinds of players in the league. Kirby Doc doesn't have the speed that Josh Anderson does, and he doesn't play physically uh, the way Josh Anderson does. But he said there must be um, uh, a need for these kind of players because my phone is just ringing nonstop for Josh Anderson. Same with Dvorak. I, I'm, on, I'm with you. He, he got better as the season went along, and he got better under um, uh, Marty St. Louis, but um, didn't have a great season. It was a bad trade. Um, and a desperate trade by, by Mark Bergevin. But the phone has been ringing for him as well. Um, as, uh, yeah, there is a huge lack of, of uh, competent, uh, reliable starting goaltenders in the National Hockey League, and uh, teams have been calling on Jake Allen. 
And again, with respect to, to Anderson, um, Kent Hughes tells us he's playing it the same way as he did with Arturi Lekin, and we have no um, interest in trading Josh Anderson. you got to blow me away with an offer. Uh, again, a, a posture, a tactic. And, um, you know, you want to trade a Josh Anderson. Again, he's a popular player, but his inconsistency, as you mentioned, is an issue plus the fact that he's got that long, long contract. Um, so yes, you want to, um, you want to include a, a, a job. You want to be sure that this, the off season ends without Josh Anderson, without a Dvorak on your lineup. Um, they're, they're going to, I'm going to hold the, the rest of what I have to say about them until we get to our, our next, uh, um, topic. But, uh, uh, Jake Allen, I understand that too, that, um, not knowing the situation with with Carey Price, you, you don't necessarily want to uh, trade a Jake Allen. But when there's such a demand uh, for uh, starting goaltenders, um, yeah, it would it would turn into a, a difficult situation if if both Allen and uh, Carey Price are gone. But you're not expecting to compete next year anyway. Um, it's going to be another. Uh, bottom five finish for for the Montreal Canadiens, and I think fans are kind of accepting of that. So this would be an ideal time to to trade a a Jake Allen. Um, this is I, I, again, uh, are you going to be left uh, holding the bag? Are you going to be left because once um, you know maybe maybe Jack Campbell wasn't their first choice in Edmonton, um, and 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 the the tandem that you mentioned, Matt Murray. Uh, in in Toronto, maybe he wasn't the first choice, but now that the teams have committed to those goaltenders, they're going to they're they're going to stick by them until it doesn't work anymore. And at that point, um, it's going to be difficult to trade a, 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 a to to accept a request of a, a, a Jake Allen. This is this is a risky risky game that Kent Hughes is playing. Yeah, I, I'd imagine that as of now, now that basically all the teams know what's happening in goal, there's probably no market at, no, no market for Jake Allen at the moment other than here in Montreal. But uh, in terms of Anderson and Dvorak, I think, it, it, I don't know how much it matters what the return is. I think the most of your value is just getting those contracts off the book and clearing up space. Yeah, uh, well, that, that's that's part of it. Um but the the Josh Allen one, he has to he has to maximize the return given the the demand for that kind of player. Absolutely, and our well, I guess our second last point here, and uh, this is something that's been in uh, been a rumor almost forever. It's really heated up, uh, especially in and around the draft. It's uh, well, will Montreal acquire a Pierre Luc Dubois? I don't think this makes any sense at the moment, uh, especially after acquiring Kirby Doc. I don't see a fit for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in Montreal this year. He's not the type of guy that I think you want to go into a rebuild with on your team, especially with the contract that he will be demanding uh, not too long from now. Stat-wise, Pierre-Luc Dubois scored uh, 28 goals with Winnipeg last year. You know, not bad, but uh, it's kind of been known that there have been some attitude issues. And I I just, I don't think this is something that uh, Montreal will want to touch, despite the fact that uh, media and uh, a lot of fans as well seem to be excited about this. This is the story that that won't die. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, this, this goes back to 2016. The 2016... Uh, entry draft, and we talked about it a, a few weeks back. 
that Mark Bergevin was desperate, uh, desperate to get a, uh, uh, a homegrown star like Pierre-Luc Dubois to draft that. Uh, the reports vary, r- reports differ, um, but it's said that he had a deal in place either with Edmonton or with Vancouver for either the, f- the number four pick or the number five pick. Uh, but Columbus spoiled the party by taking uh, Dubois with number three. And we saw uh, Bergevin begging uh, Yarmo, um, and and uh, uh, there was that was nothing doing there. So this is this is resurfaced again. You know, um, you talk about attitude. I, I have a real problem with a player who um, has been with a couple of teams and has demanded a trade from two teams. Um, very very early in his career, um, you know, he demanded a trade out of Columbus. Um, and then now he said, uh, he's told the Winnipeg Jets that uh, when he turns free agent in 2024, he has no interest in, in signing with them. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that. I, I, don't, I don't like that kind of player. Um, but uh, you understand the, the attraction, um, the size, and if he played to his potential – the impact that he could have, and he has at times uh, played to that put potential. Um, rather inconsistent in in uh, uh, Winnipeg, but ha- had a decent season. But he also wasn't the number one guy there. He had he had cover. Um, you know, he's he's able to play center. He's able to play wing. Um, but this situation, um, you know, has been rumored uh, for so long. It's something that his agent is obvious. It's something that uh, Dubois has pushed. He's make, made no uh, secret about a secret about the fact that he wants to play for Montreal. Uh, Pat Brisson, the agent, has has said, uh, "Listen, I can't talk about it too much, uh, but he doesn't have a contract. He's a restricted free agent. So, he, he, yes, he would like to play in Montreal." To the extent that Pierre-Luc Dubois attended the draft in Montreal, he was there. He was expecting that a trade was going to be announced, that he was coming to the Montreal Canadiens, um, and and it wasn't. It wasn't announced, uh, but he was there. He really believed that it was going to happen. Uh, the stumbling block, we're told... Uh, is a prospect that the Canadians don't want to give up. The, and this is where it circles back to Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak because they've been rumored to be part of a deal. Anderson, Dvorak, and a, a top prospect um, and, and either a young player or a, or a, a pure prospect uh, going to the Jets um, and for for um, Pierre-Luc Dubois coming back to Montreal. Uh, the stumbling block is is Winnipeg is insisting on a prospect that Montreal doesn't want to part with. You can, you can speculate um, who that's going to be, but, um, you know, Canadians fans, do you want this is, is the question I'll ask uh, because that prospect is going to hurt I'm I'm telling you that prospect, whoever it is, is going to hurt. Is it going to be a Cole Caulfield? Is it going to be a Caden Gooley? Uh, the fence is kind of uh, set in, in, and they've got a couple of prospects that they're having. Dylan Sandberg, Vili Hanola, tough getting those guys in. So it's probably not a prospect, but it's probably 
um, somebody that you don't want to see uh, leave the team. Um, and, and I think twice before you're the, you're the one on social media, um, uh, advocating this because it's, it's not going to be one of those PlayStation trades. It's going to be somebody that means something to this organization and is, is, uh, is going to hurt. I guess, I guess outside of that, do you think that Pierre-Luc Dubois would be a, a fit on Montreal? Well, you know, part of this is that there's also the contingent, certainly in the French media, who say that Kirby Doc was, Kirby Doc is not the end game. Kirby Doc is just, uh, was brought uh, for his uh, potential to flip, either at the trade deadline or now. Uh, and maybe maybe that's that's part of it. And, and clearing the decks uh, for a, a Suzuki Dubois or Dubois Suzuki uh, uh top two centers. Um, I, I, you know, the, the issue is that Pierre-Luc Dubois has said, has said one, he wants to play in Montreal has said two, he's not returning to win the Winnipeg jets in two years. Um, if the Montreal Canadians are not going to be in a playoff position, if they're not going to, um, be competitive for the next two years anyway, what's, What's what does it hurt to sit back and wait for those two years? Yeah, uh, there's a chance he could go elsewhere. There's a, a chance that another team could snap him up. But if he's a, an unrestricted free agent with the Winnipeg Jets in two years, sign him for free. You don't lose you don't lose those players off off your roster. Um, I, you know that's that's very much a a, a path that. Uh, um, that the Canadians could go. I don't know. There seems to be um, I, the, this attitude by, by Kent Hughes of wanting to create a splash, and certainly uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois would be a huge splash over the summer. Uh, there's also the, you know, a train of thought that he could be more patient and uh, still end up okay with this. Well, I'm hoping for patience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean... To me, it's kind of a no-brainer. If the end game is you have to bring in Dubois at some point, no matter what, you know, why not just wait the two years? You're gonna have a far better team at that point. So I, I'm a, I'm, I'm not feeling a trade. There's, there's just, no, there's no leverage on part of Dubois or the Winnipeg Jets at this point for Montreal to really have to give anything up. So I, I just, I don't see it. Well, the, the leverage that Winnipeg has is uh, the same that the Montreal Canadiens have with Petrie. Uh, Petrie would like to go. Um, the Canadians don't have to trade him. Um, Dubois would like to go, you know, in two years. Or, but the there's no reason for the Winnipeg Jets to to uh, trade him. They're in full control right now. Um, so, and again, in both cases, there's going to be um, maybe an attitude issue with a player not being where they want to be. But. Um, Oh well, uh, you're in the National Hockey League. Uh, perform, and you're getting paid a lot of money. Uh, you better perform. So, um, I, 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 I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how this all plays out. My concern here, um, and and um, you know, Jake Allen. We're not trading Jake Allen because we have to wait till w- uh, see what happens with. Uh, uh, Carey Price, um, uh, Petrie. We're not trading him because we have to see what happens with Klingberg. 
um, Anderson and Dvorak. Uh, boy, we're waiting for Winnipeg to snatch this deal. We're not trading them elsewhere because we're waiting for this uh, PLD uh, uh, deal to, to happen. What if, what if the Canadians just wait too long? Um, because, uh, that again, this is a risky strategy and they may get holding the bag with all of these players. Absolutely. And that uh, kind of ties in with our, our final bullet point here is, will there be any clarity in the week ahead? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's, there's too much going on at this point. It, like you said, we have to wait for Price. We have to wait for Klingberg. We have to wait for Winnipeg to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, at some point, I think Ken Hughes just has to start making some deals. And like we keep saying, you certainly hope that uh, by the time he decides he needs to make the deal, that uh, there are still deals available. Exactly. Um, so, yes, this should be an interesting week. Uh, it's something we're going to keep our eye on every single hour, every single minute um, be in the chance that something does happen, um, I expect, I don't, I don't know what the holdup is with Klingbird or with Kadri for that matter. Uh, I expect that something might happen there. Will, will the domino effect happen after that? We don't know, but, um, this could be, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen this week, but it could be very, very interesting. Absolutely. And uh, before we uh, head into our final break uh, on Canadians Connection, uh, do you have any final words, Rick? Well, we want to hear from you. We want to hear uh, there's there's a lot up in the air. What would you like to see happen? What What's the ideal situation um, in your world uh, and, and for the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, how do you how do you see all this this playing out over the next few days, few weeks and uh, and not? so long it'll be training camp so we want to hear from you uh text us as we said 5853 rocket uh and we'll we're, we're going to feature some of those next week um as well um our social media make sure you 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 hit those accounts and and give us some feedback uh this shows for you we won't really want to hear back from you so now it's uh, probably the perfect time to take our final break on the Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us. It's Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. 
In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 200 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can visit the website canadiansconnection.com. Feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. And uh, wow, that was uh, that was a pretty nice uh, segment too, a, a pretty big topic that we cover there. Lots of subtopics within that topic. Absolutely. And, and yes, aptly um, titled the, the Hughes Project. There's lots of things uh, on his plate, on his desk, things, uh, things burning and, and uh, trying to prevent, present all of them to you. Because uh, once they start, uh, once they start happening, uh, those check marks are going to, they'll happen in quick succession, I think, or at least we hope. Lots of things uh, tend to fall on our desks as well. And uh, we know that as Habs fans, it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on. So make sure uh, you head over to allhabs.net. Check out uh, the All Habs Hockey Magazine. You can see weekly posts of the Habs Notepad by Chris G. You can see Habs headlines coming out as they do. You can also head over to YouTube to see our newest content, the Habs Hockey Report, hosted by Amy Johnson. This, la- this last episode was uh, entitled Free Agency Fun or Flop. Amy Johnson gives all the updates on everything to do with the Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket. She also loves to interact with uh, those who view. So leave a comment, like and subscribe. Let us know what you think. You can also stay up to date with everything going on via our Rocket Sports radio podcast, Right here, Canadians Connection. We'll be here every Saturday throughout the summer. We'll keep you up to date on everything going on. Like we mentioned in segment two, there's just so many things that Kent Hughes has left to do, and we will help you keep track of it all. You can also listen to the Press Zone coming out every uh, Tuesday. Next week's Press Zone, you'll have uh, Rick and Amy, and they'll give you an update on everything to do with the Laval Rocket. It's nice to have our sister podcast uh, happen in the middle of the week. That way, you don't have to wait till Saturday to get an update. Um, th- there's lots on, on the list. Uh, if there are updates, we'll be sure to talk t- uh, about them on the Press Zone. So be sure that you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection. Be sure you tell your friends to subscribe to the Canadians Connection and do exactly the same thing. Uh, to subscribe and and rate and review um, the Press Zone as well. So our Canadians Connection question of the week, should Montreal acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois? Make sure you head over to our Facebook page, All Habs. Leave your comments. Uh, We want to hear from you because this is certainly, this is a big topic. Uh, There's lots of debate to be had here about this one. And if you need a bit of a primer before you make up your mind on allhabs.net, if you go to allhabs.net, search for Dubois, 
excellent article article by Mike Rashel has done a while ago, but this issue has been uh, in the burner for for some time and his thoughts on whether the Canadians should acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois. So uh, check that out, and uh, I'm sure Mike would appreciate hearing from you as well. We have a trade to announce. And for those of you in the building, you'll be particularly interested. Well, we're in the building. (laughs) Are we interested? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, looks like there were a couple transactions that just went down here by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, first that, and that's foremost, what, that's why you—that's why you listen to the end of the show, right? That's why everybody must listen to the end of the Canadiens connection because you never, never know what's going to pop up. Yeah, it's off season, and uh, well, unfortunately, Montreal does not abide by anyone's uh, personal time. No, exactly. Uh, man, it looks like it involves Petrie here. Okay, so what's it's the details? Be, it's going to be Jeff Petrie, Ryan Paling mm. to Pittsburgh in exchange for Michael Matheson and a fourth round pick in 2023. And right okay. after that, we, we actually have a signing. So you mentioned that uh, the Canadians could circle back to Rem Pitlick, and that's exactly what they have done here. Right. 1.1 million annual average, two years, and it's a one-way contract. All right. Um well, yeah, I did, I did mention uh, that, that that was kind of that the Canadians didn't want to um, deal with the arbitrator and they could circle uh, back to Pitlick as an unrestricted free agent. But the big news here is is the Petrie trade. And um, these will be our quick takes. I, well, um, let, let's, let's, as we gather our thoughts um, and decide how we feel about this, uh, let's hear first from uh, Kent Hughes. In any trade that we were going to contemplate with Pittsburgh or any other team that involved Jeff Petrie, one of the one of the elements that had to either come in the trade or we had to be able to thereafter acquire was a defenseman. Uh, we weren't prepared to to go into next season with. Uh, two defensemen who had played full-time or extensive NHL experience. And and, uh, so we wanted to do that. The tricky part in today's national hockey league is to have the cap space to be able to do that uh, and be able to move the money. Uh, A player like Jeff Petrie at his age with his contract is typically going to go to a team trying to compete for a Stanley cup. It's difficult for those teams to, to take money on without, without money coming back. And, and uh, Mike Matheson is a defenseman who was playing top four minutes in Pittsburgh that brings a lot of the qualities uh, that we lose in, in a Jeff Petrie in terms of his ability to transport the puck. Uh, I think if you look, we were checking yesterday, I think last season, Mike was in the 90th percentile for goals in the National Hockey League five on five per 60 minutes. I think he was 85th percentile in points. Uh, I don't know where he sat, but he was five, I think five game winning goals and almost all of his, his uh, offensive production came at even strength. So uh, I also know him as an individual, feel really comfortable that Mike is the kind of person in our locker room uh, at this point in his career who can assist uh, our young players, be it the uh, draft picks like uh, Uri Slavkovsky or a young defenseman. 
that are trying to make their way as regular NHL players. I think Mike is is a uh, five star human being who can be of great assistance to to our club and helping our young players. Well, that's quite a pitch. Uh, that sounds like an agent. That sounds like Mike Matheson's agent making that pitch. And um, coincidentally, Mike Matheson is a Cortex client, uh, Kent Hughes's former firm. And so he's well, uh, well uh, familiar with, uh, with Mike Matheson. Um, and, uh, but, but before, before we get to that and before um, we share our thoughts, uh, you and I share our thoughts on the return, um, Jeff Petrie, uh, first and foremost, Jeff Petrie, uh, this is something he wanted. He wanted for his family. Um, and I think this is a great trade uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins and what they're getting in Jeff Petrie and his opportunity uh, to to play for a contender, uh, to be in the States, to be close to his family. I, I think this is congratulations to Jeff Petrie. He, he has something to sell. In addition to celebrating his new child, he now has a new team and, and uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, Big congratulations to Jeff Petrie, and uh, it seems like it's a really good trade for both the Penguins and Jeff Petrie. I guess also kind of a sneakily good trade for Ryan Paling, who's included in this deal as well. Uh, it looks like he might actually have an opportunity to play uh, down the middle in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know that he would have had that in Montreal, uh, given the situation with all the forwards that we have. A little bit on Mike Matheson. Uh, He is a Montreal native, uh, grew up in Point Claire. He's 28 years old as opposed to Jeff Petrie's 36 years old. So Montreal definitely gets the better of age. When all is said and done with both of these transactions, if we're we're including the Rampitlick transaction here, looks like Montreal saves just a little bit over a million. But uh, at the same time, Michael Matheson... uh, he has one more year on his deal than Jeff Petrie does. So in terms of money, Montreal ends up actually spending a little bit more than Pittsburgh does here. So I'm not sure uh, that that helps out the cap situation a whole lot. I guess an interesting note here, and Kent uh, kind of mentioned that uh, Michael Matheson is a left-handed D. He plays on the left side. And Montreal has now traded two right-handed D. Uh, if you go back last week, uh, they traded Romanov to the Islanders, and now they've traded uh, Jeff Petrie. So it looks like they're getting a little bit thin on uh, defense. Right now, uh, I, it's looking like maybe a Justin Barron or a Jordan Harris is going to have to be in that lineup if uh, Ken Hughes cannot acquire any other defensemen. But I guess uh, the good thing with Michael Matheson is uh, it sounds like Kent is very familiar with him. He'll, he kind of knows what he's getting. And maybe Matheson can be a good mentor for some of these young defensemen, maybe some of these younger players as well. Uh, certainly a leader. Um, and just a, just a quick correction there, a little correction. Uh, mm. Jeff Petrie at 34 years old, uh, six that. years difference um, between he and, and Mike Matheson at, at 28. Um, but yeah, I think now, um, obviously this is someone that, um, that, that Kent Hughes knows very well in Mike Matheson. Um, he says he's known, um, Mike since, uh, midget AAA days. So, um, the lack St. Louis lions and, and, you know, way back, way back, uh, to the early days, he, he calls him a terrific human being. 
Um, he referenced the fact that um, Mike Matheson was a first-round pick in 2012 and compared him uh, at that time that he had the potential to be a Duncan Keith. Well, all of that is fine and well, but we know that that he it didn't play out that way. Um, things didn't, for various reasons, uh, his career hasn't gone that way. Uh, talked about him as a, as a, a top four uh, D-man. He did play second pairing minutes. He also played third pairing minutes uh, with the Penguins. Um, so, so Mike Matheson, um, not going to fill uh, the necessarily the role, or maybe they, maybe he will um, of, of uh, uh, Jeff Petrie, but talent wise, um, talent wise, I don't think Mike Matheson can be compared to, um, uh, you know, he's a, 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 a 20 to 30 point defenseman. And you heard um, Ken Hughes say um, that, that analytics wise um, goals or points per so that's that's where analytics can play with with uh, with the truth a little bit because that would be because he doesn't play a lot of minutes. Mike Matheson not not saying that you know um, he he doesn't couldn't have the potential, but he hasn't proven to have that uh, ability as of yet to be a big points getter. Um, but um, mentioned uh, Kent did about uh, that he is a clutch player. Um, the, the Caps side, um, you know, this over four years, uh, did he want to bring that? You know, maybe it's a good idea to, to, to look at those criteria that Kent Hughes was very clear about uh, when he spoke uh, to the media. Um, we talked about them in the, in the second segment. Um, Kent Hughes said he wouldn't add a sweetener and was very clear about that. Well, he did in Ryan Paling. Um, he didn't want a um, heavy contract back. Is is the term that he used? I I, I think he, that's what he got. He, you know, there as you said, there's more salary out in a, in in four years of Mike Matheson than there is in three years of Jeff Petrie. Um, he wanted to prove his improve his cap flexibility. Um, did he get that? I guess. Slightly, although giving it, then you give up the money in in uh, uh, the Rem Pitlick and the other the last criteria was he wanted an asset back. Well, I guess the twenty twenty three fourth round pick is that asset back. Um, it would seem, and as we talk, as we set the table, um, that that trading partners were were falling by the wayside, and um, um, Kent Hughes needed to act quickly. And uh, in or if he was going to get this done, and because uh, time had gone on, is is Mike Matheson the 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 player that uh, that, that we pictured when when, we, when um, this deal was talked about and and all of the possibilities? I don't think so. Um, does he have some advantages? Yes, um, the, certainly the, the homegrown aspect, the fact that he is known as, as a stand-up player, that he can be a mentor to young defensemen. You know, Ken Hughes went a little bit further and said could be a mentor to Slavkovsky. I don't know if, that's, if I'd go that far. Um, but, um, you know, his, his comfort level with a Mike Matheson, knowing him as long as he did, um, he, he certainly been able to spin this and sell this 
to a Jeff Molson and, um, and, and I guess make uh, what's been a difficult situation, what was always going to be a difficult situation when you're forced to trade a player uh, as best as he could uh, come up with. Um, it's, it's, I don't see a lot of Canadians fans celebrating at this moment, um, on, on social media, perhaps they will with uh, a little more reflection. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that, uh, Jeff Petrie is the best player in this trade. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately yeah. for Montreal, uh, I think they may have uh, taken a little bit of a step back uh, with Matheson. I don't mind Matheson as a player. Um, I don't know how I see the fit on a rebuilding team. I, I would speculate maybe Matheson gets flipped out at some point, but he does have some sort of a no trade clause. And it seems, well, based on what Ken Hughes was saying, I, I don't know that that will happen. Um you mentioned that he could be a little bit of an offensive player. Um, 11 goals, 31 points. I guess the 11 goals is not too shabby for a defenseman. 31 points, I wouldn't describe that as an offensive defenseman. But uh, yeah, just a, a little bit of a curious move by Montreal. And uh, like you kind of alluded to, perhaps the market is drying up a little bit and there just weren't really any better options at this point. The paling, um, that that's that's a... That's that's difficult because Ryan Paling yeah. has potential. Uh, Ryan Paling didn't get to show that potential in Montreal, but he was a first round pick. And if you look back, uh, the the number of first round picks that uh, have either been misses or that the Canadians have not been able to develop, and that's on them. Um, that's really difficult. I'm happy for for Ryan. He deserves another chance. He'll get. He should get that chance. Uh, the other, the other piece is, uh, you talked about the the right shot defenseman. Um, it's it's going to be tough, as you said, Savard Baron. Um, in the press conference, Kent Hughes talked about Weidman uh, being able to play the right side, and Corey Schooneman, uh, which. Okay, uh, okay. If that's if that's your plan, and and yeah, we we know Jordan Harris, um, that's a possibility too. And and he also mentioned Otto Leskinen. Um, so I think that's uh, we're reaching now. We're we're yeah. we're definitely reaching. Um, this 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 is going to be this is going to be very interesting. Um, and um, I think the key here, the way the Canadians can win this trade, you put your finger on it. Uh, if they're able to flip Mike Matheson at the trade deadline and send him on to um, a team that... Um, and hopefully there's going to be opportunity for development for the young defensemen, that they get enough opportunities so that uh, Matheson then can be flipped at the trade deadline and some um, uh, further cap relief can happen as well as uh, uh, an asset or two coming back. But yeah, I just I can't help but look at uh, what their defense is right now and think that wow, it's uh, it's getting a little bit thin. And now I'm curious if a Madison Bowie is actually going to draw into the NHL lineup at this mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't want to see Kent Hughes go out and trade an asset to bring in a stopgap guy. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot available on the uh, free agent market at this point. Yeah, it's and and the the cap situation, as we said, not not much relief there, and no. and spending that money, one point one million, uh, for the upcoming year and the following year, two years uh, for Rem Pitlick, 
this this is a as as we said earlier, a Rem Pitlick is very popular, a popular player. Um, he's good be, behind a microphone. Um, he he can add excitement to a game. Um, I, and, and I don't mean to be harsh when it comes to Ren Pitlick. He just plays a, a, a very immature uh, kind of game. The kind of He's a road hockey player. He's a cherry-picking road hockey player in my eyes. Uh, and, and listen, if Marty's okay with that, then fine. But Ren Pitlick is not a part of, of, a, of, a, of a playoff team. He, it, we've seen that as, as he's experienced waivers over his career. Um, he, uh, my issue is, is Marty because he's, because Rem Pitlick is the teacher's pet. Is he going to get opportunities over true prospects that really need uh, the, the opportunity to shine, to make mistakes too, to shine. And um, like a, a, a Ulanen, um or one of the other prospects and the Canadians have so many forwards right now. Um, Dvorak included, uh, that something's going to have to happen there or else there's going to be no opportunity for promotion and development, uh, especially if, if the, the favorites are, are getting all the uh, special teams opportunities and, and, uh, and the good five-on-five five ice time. Yeah, you talk about Pitlick being purely offensive. You you always hear about the north-south type player. I, I would think that Rem Pitlick is more north and just no no south <laughs> <Yeah>. whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, anyways, this this might be a situation where we're just going to have to be patient and see what else Ken Hughes is going to do because you know that there will have to be another move here. You're going to have to clear up some space el- elsewhere, especially mm-hmm. in that forward group. I'm sure we'll probably, well, you and Amy will definitely get to this on the press zone coming up next week, right? For sure. Absolutely. So I'm going to say that that's going to be a wrap for today. Make sure you tune into the press zone coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. You can also share on social media if you like what you heard today. Enjoy your week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, July the 23rd, for another great episode. Thank you for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.